Well, we're back. Um, when you think of film festivals, you think of Venice, you think of Cannes, you probably don't think of Sacramento. But in fact, the Festival of Cinema hits Sacramento at the Crest Theater this weekend, October 3rd through 5th. It's a very interesting little event, and I think we should uh, talk a bit about it. To help us do so, let us go to Martin Anaya, who directs Community Relations at Access Sacramento. Uh, Mr. Anaya is also the managing director of this Festival of Cinema and should be able to tell us about it. Are you there, Marty? I'm here, Doug. Now, I understand you are the managing director of this Festival of Cinema. Yes, that means I get to wash all the bottles and clean all the dishes. (laughs) So you're eminently qualified to tell listening audience about this upcoming event. I don't know about eminently. I don't think I'm eminently qualified to do anything, but I will try. (laughs) Well, this is very interesting. People don't realize that we do have a festival of cinema every year in Sacramento. Yes, Doug, we do, and I'm very excited. Well, here at UCD, I imagine there's quite a lot of people interested in the cinema. There's not an actual uh, film program, but uh, people who are interested may want to come over the causeway to Sacramento from Davis and take a look. I would hope so. We want to get those college students out of that little college town and get them into the huge, big <laughs> metropolis that is Sacramento. <laughs> well, what's the what's what's uh, what's coming up on this? I'm looking at the schedule here on Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I guess it goes on all three days. It does. And a lot of it features a lot of uh, local filmmakers. It does. And um, let's see, day one. I guess it starts out with Youth Film and Education Day. Yeah, that's the uh, Tower of Youth. All Youth Film and Education Day, and uh, that's where 800 teens from all around, literally the, the, the country, not just Sacramento, can participate and take workshops that are designed to gear them toward careers in media. Uh-huh. And, of course, this year we're featuring the director of X-Men, Mr. Brian Singer, as a special guest at the Tower of Youth Film and Education Day, and that's pretty exciting in and of itself. Well, I'm sure all the, uh, the, the budding fum- filmmakers of tomorrow will like to hear what he's got to say. I'm sure they will. And you also have a Latino film showcase I see here on Friday. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we try to do each year is to find uh, unique flavor and to probably uncover some of the, the strains of cinema that maybe the mainstream does not. And uh, one very, very rich uh, cinematic culture is the Latino uh, cinema, and this showcase this year is really geared toward looking at some up-and-comers, some some new kids on the block that are really making a splash right now. Uh, beginning with Friday night, we have, of course, uh, our own native son, Johnny Jimenez, with his film, End of the Law, and that screens uh, 9.30 on Friday night. It's about bounty hunters. Apparently, oh. the guy who wrote this script was a bounty hunter himself and then huh. kind of fashioned this. Huh. Mm-hmm. Actually, where's this all taking place? We should, we all should... happening at the Crest Theater, Doug, okay. uh, all weekend long. And uh, we're, you know, we're pretty excited. This Latino showcase, for instance, also features a guy named Jimmy Mendiola, and he has a film on Friday night called Speeder Kills. And talk about your cultural twists. This is about, are you ready? A Latina punk band. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that one myself. Actually, that one is hilarious. I just turned and the page back to see the picture of these uh, these these Latina punkers here, and it does look uh, rather provocative. They are in it to win it, <laughs> as we say in the industry. <laughs> All right. Oh, the, the crest is this 10th and K, or is it 11th and K? We're at 10th and K, 1013 K Street. Okay. And tickets, by the way, Doug, for all the shows are available either at the Crest box office, or you can go to our website, sacramento.org, 
slash film, and you can get all the 411 plus your opportunity to purchase advanced tickets. And I do encourage that because some of these shows will sell out. Well, I, I can't make it except on Sunday, but I guess I can still buy a ticket just for one day if I want. Of course. You okay. can buy an all-day pass, a okay. full festival pass, or individual show tickets. All right. You're going to have, uh, it looks like on Saturday, some more industrial light and magic wizardry. People are going to show up and talk about how they do they get special effects. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Those are the George Lucas guys, uh, yeah. the ones that uh, were responsible for all the mastery and wizardry of Star Wars, Hulk, Harry Potter, T3. Uh, of course, they made uh, the Governor. Uh, look like <laughs> the Terminator. <laughs> I understand the movie. He can speak uh, clear English. He uh, does. He is that right? I don't know. I, that's that's a feat. That's a feat that I think beyond any wizards that I'm aware of. <laughs> and on Sunday, I think I'm going to try and join you for this one. You got looks like a, a ten Sacramento-based sort of, I guess, short films. Yeah, a big part of it, uh, the film festival that is, is showcasing. Uh, local filmmakers, yeah. and quite frankly, in order to do that uh, in the last few years, we've had to try to incubate that process and, and get people off their dust to make films in the first place, and, and part of that has been with a script writing competition that then becomes 10 short movies, and the name of the, of the uh, component is A Place Called Sacramento, and in the first year, I mean, it was, uh, quite frankly, it was, it was first efforts by first-timers, and although that's still primarily the case, the sophistication over just the last couple of years with these filmmakers and, and what they're doing has really grown by leaps and bounds. And so this year, that program looks to be really phenomenal. And again, that's happening at 1.30 on Sunday. Yeah, you got some interesting little selections here. One jackpot I see. A local woman wins the lottery on a fluke. How does her life change? That sounds like an interesting uh, subject for a short film. It is, and the lady who plays that role, Elizabeth Nunziato, uh, is very well known as an actress and very well respected, and she turns in a dynamite performance in this movie. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to try and take that in with you. This festival is not only a whole bunch of fun, but it is also a fundraiser for a very important a public service agency, Access Sacramento, mm. and again, providing voice to the community's thoughts and dreams. All right, well, Martin and Naya, thanks for uh, giving us, getting us up to speed on this, and uh, we'll um, and keep up the good work over there at Access Sacramento. By all means, sir. Yeah, put a plug in for your own show, too. My own show? Yeah. Do I have a show? Don't you? I think I do. I have a show on Wednesday nights called Live Wire. If you have that little funny, crazy cable access, Channel 17, watch us 5 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Thank you for, uh, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, this October, the National Do Not Call Registry was supposed to go in effect. But uh, apparently the Federal Trade Commission uh, was put in limbo by a couple of court rulings that, uh, first of all, challenged the way they, I guess, constructed the law, and then secondly, whether they had a right to even make such a law. It's in a bit of legal limbo at the moment, complicated by the fact that California, which also has a Do Not Call law, which is not being challenged by the courts, feels it can go ahead and start enforcing its law in the same area. Like so many other things in American life, I think this calls for a lawyer to help sort this out. Let's go now for an opinion on this matter to uh, our own legal eagle at KDVS, Jeffrey Kravitz. Jeffrey, you there? Yes, I'm here. Jeff, what's going on with this do not call registry thing? We'd like a legal opinion if you could. The basic issue in this case uh concerns freedom of speech, although people don't uh, realize that. What uh, the do not call list essentially says is that the government uh, can restrict 
the ability of uh, individuals to use uh, telephone services to make calls. And I, I like the way you gracefully refer to telemarketers as individuals. Well, they are. In, I mean, I used to do telemarketing work myself when I was in college. It was a job that I had. I mean, thousands of people have done this as a job. The, in fact, in our economy, you know, many people ha- are, have no choice but to occasionally take jobs like this. Uh-huh. And I'd put, to, put it to you that um, many people, many of the listeners have undoubtedly done telemarketing work uh-huh. of one sort or another. Uh-huh. If you've raised money for a charity, that's a form of telemarketing work. If you've been part yes. of a phone tree yes. at the local PTA, that yeah. could be considered telemarketing work. Well, what they did when they created this registry idea is they, of course, exempted all of the the communications that people don't mind. Therein lies the problem. Uh Uh, This is uh, an attempt to choose one form of speech over the other based on its content. So in your legal opinion, what do you think is going to happen? I think that it will be very difficult for this bill uh, to survive, to tell you the truth. Um, The Supreme Court had no problem recently, uh, twice, striking down laws involving child pornography when they believed that they ran afoul of uh, First Amendment uh, protections. Certainly, there's no great lobby of people going out there going, hey, let's have more child pornography. Um, (laughs) They they don't really have a big, uh, you know, fan club uh, in the country. Not a strong lobbying effort on that. No, but the court did that. Yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting about it is that the reason why there are so many telemarketers, of course, is because of the fact that it is a sales technique that does indeed work. Yes. That's why people do it. Yes. Now, FCC does get to regulate certain aspects of telecommunications more so than ordinary speech. That's what the whole case hinges on. They're yeah. arguing you can't do one and exclude the other. Right. Yeah. Um, and in this case, the, it's a regulation of commercial speech, and there are different standards for the regulation of commercial and non-commercial speech that the Supreme Court has recognized. What's interesting about this is that many uh, conservatives, so to speak, um, are, of course, against this law yeah. because it does restrict the right, essentially, of business to conduct business. With annoying telephone calls while you're right. trying to eat dinner. Yeah. Right. Well, the interesting thing is, of course, the law only, only is aimed at private residences. Uh, so does it really make sense to say that people soliciting, let's say, magazine subscriptions can't call people on the phone? Well, 50 million Americans apparently think the answer to that is yes, they should not. I have no doubt that 50 million people would say that it's, you should not be allowed to burn the flag. That yeah. really doesn't make much difference All right. in the First you. Amendment analysis. Yeah. My feeling is that the law will fail. When I first heard about it, I said, how can the federal government be doing this? Yeah. I was surprised. I didn't really hmm. delve into it. Hmm. But I'm not surprised by the court ruling that they, they, they don't have this power. Yeah. Um, frankly, I think that there are a lot of aspects of it that are um, frightening in a, certain, in a certain respect. And uh, I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a good thing at all. I can see a lot of negative things about it. Well, Jeffrey Kravitz said... Uh, Thanks for your input. Once you would you follow this case with us? I hope uh, as it as it goes through the courts. Uh, I would be more than happy to comment on the case uh, for what I know uh, what I know about it, and I'll probably be teaching it at uh, law school once the final resolution of it comes up. It'll undoubtedly make an important uh, uh, determination in the commercial speech area. All right, and please take a moment to plug your show, which is on uh, the same station at on Tuesdays. 
Oh, Panic Attack, the Planet Earth's uh, leading uh, talk radio program every Tuesday. This week, of course, we will be talking about the election. I'm not going to have a guest, I don't think, on, because we'll just be letting the, letting the uh, phones be open so people can call in. That's right. You'll be on next week on election night. On election night. Yeah. Uh, uh, who knows what will happen on the election night. Well, you'll, you'll be on fear, the cutting edge. Yeah. I do fear the worst. So. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be tuning in, Jeff. Okay, great. Okay, Thank thanks. You. Bye-bye. All right, I'm sick of politics today. Next week's show will be our first post-election show. We're going to have to address some of it at that time, you can bet. But we're going to try and do a little more, I think, science on next week's program, as well as some current events not necessarily related directly to California politics. One story we'll follow up on is the firing that happened today of Mr. Rush Limbaugh on the ESPN network. Apparently, when you're on something other than Fox or uh, the Excellence in Broadcasting Network, Clear Channel, um, and you make a statement, I guess people expect you to be able to back it up with facts and reasoning. This is a new thing for Limbaugh, so when he started mouthing off about Donovan McNabb, to uh, Limbaugh's surprise, he found that people wanted him to be able to justify what comes out of his mouth. This is a new thing for Rush. So uh, I guess he's going to have to go back to uh, KFBK and continue to... uh, to spout off his bunch of nonsense. We'll be, we'll be hopefully uh, talking about Al Franken's book. His previous book was Rush Limbaugh's A Big Fat Idiot. His current one, Lies and the Lying Liars Who Tell Them, is uh, worth going over in some detail. So we'll do a bit of that, I think, on next week's program. Our thanks today again to A.G. Block of the California Journal, as well as Marty Anaya from Sacramento Cable Access. And yes, I called him Marty, not Martin, because back in the days of our previous incarnation of this radio program, we were over at Cable Access, too, so he's an old pal, as it were. Our thanks also to KDVS's legal eagle, Jeffrey Kravitz. And uh, yeah, you should tune in on Tuesday. Uh, Last year, I was tuning in to Jeff and I think Ron Glick joining him. They did a very good analysis of the election, and I'm sure he'll do interesting one for you next Tuesday as well. This is Radio Parallax. My producer is Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. Stay tuned for Todd, who will follow shortly. <laughs>